It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko. He's James Rapine. We're your hosts as we have finished a long day one of the NFL draft, a long night one on a work night, James. Every year they do this to us. It's Thursday night. People got to wake up for work tomorrow. It's 12.30 a.m. on the East Coast in Cincinnati, and here you are recording a podcast with me. There's no place I would rather be, Jake. Let's go. It's uh, it's what the draft is all about. I'm used to it by now. We're good. We're ready to go. I'm energized. Let's do it. Late nights on draft day, love it every year. And, and for me, it's only nine thirty. I'm good to go, baby. I'm I'm gonna be up for another <laughs> few hours here trying to figure out where the Bengals are going in the second round, and we'll talk about that to wrap up the show. But James, when we talked about Jamar Chase in our little bonus episode earlier. And if you want the immediate reaction and how good of a fit Jamar Chase is for this team, we talked about that a lot in the bonus episode. So make sure you go check that out. But for this episode, for the full episode today, the reset for day two will certainly be part of it. But I want to talk about what the coaches had to say and their high, high praise for Jamar Chase. And then we got to listen to Jamar Chase's best quote perhaps, out of his presser. That guy's a funny guy, right? I, I I was talking to Charlie G. He came on when we were streaming, and he's like, yeah, he got me. When he's like, Zach Taylor, who? And Charlie thought, did I just mess up the head coach of the Bengals? Did, did I screw that up? And then Jamar Chase got him. He, he pulled the wool over his eyes a little bit. So got that sense of humor, got that personality. I think he was just good at playing it off, to be honest with you. I, I don't think Jamar, I, I think for a second, and there's a lot going on, I get it. And he's in the middle of a draft room and stuff like that. I, I mean, he, he did this Zoom in the draft area where the picks are being announced. So you could hear it in the back. But anyways, I think he had um, a little bit of a brain fart. And he was like, Zach Taylor who? And then he played it off really well. That's what I think, personally. Maybe I'll get him to admit that on the record later. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about his best quote. In a little bit, but let's talk about what the coaches had to say, James, because they got asked about why didn't she go offensive line here? They got asked about uh, Chase, obviously, and the fit for him. We talked a lot about the fit for him in in the bonus episode, in the reaction episode, just to hit on some of the main points. Great deep threat, great athlete. One of the first times, if not the first time, a wide receiver of this caliber has rejoined his quarterback at the NFL when the quarterback is also of that caliber in joining Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. And then fun fact, James, not about the Bengals, but fun fact about the first round, two other wide receivers rejoined their college quarterbacks as Jalen Waddle lands with Tua and Devontae Smith lands in Philly with Jalen Hurts, who he played with back at Alabama. So 
A lot of wide receiver quarterback pairings ending up back together. And Zach Taylor thinks they might have gotten the best wide receiver in this draft. We're fired up to have Jamar Chase. You know, the things that he's done is he's one of the best receivers I've ever evaluated in the draft. Um, you know, you can see the chemistry he and Joe have had together in that 2019 season. Um, he comes in and he makes a difference. He adds to a great receiver room that we already have, you know, and gives us one more great playmaker to have. And, and we're really fired up for how it shook out. And that was sort of a theme throughout these news conferences. And we'll hear from Brian Callahan coming up in just a minute. But it was just clear how excited Zach was that Chase was there. And they obviously knew it was a possibility and that was their target. But it was clearly the top guy on their board. And much like the the excitement last year with Joe Burrow and they knew they were taking Joe Burrow and it was just a matter of it happening. It felt that same way. Like I, I, I felt like Zach Taylor looked the same. He had that same smile, that same uh, energy that he had and uh, last year with Burrow. And it's – why wouldn't you be excited? I mean we've talked up Chase for a, a ton of reasons, right? And we did so in that Instant Reaction podcast. And so um, – but yeah, the fact that Taylor thinks that Chase is one of the best receivers he's ever evaluated and maybe the best – that's really, really high praise, uh, considering I would assume Taylor's evaluated his fair share of receivers, including all of the receivers last year. And uh, one one thing he did mention, and uh, Callahan mentioned this too, is while they were watching Joe Burrow last year, especially initially, Chase obviously kept popping up and kept popping up and kept popping up on film. And he was like, hey, we need to go after this guy. Well, this guy obviously wasn't old enough in Chase to be drafted yet. So they, they get him a year later. It's got to be a great feeling for, for everybody in that organization that saw this pairing. We know how the Bengals feel about the wide receiver position. And now we know that, you know, Zach Taylor and a coach is always going to say this, but incredibly high praise for Jamar Chase. And Brian Callahan shared that opinion. Obviously, I think they had some consensus there. And he was asked, you know, how did it fall the way it did? He was asked about offensive line a little bit. But ultimately, if it's the best wide receiver you've evaluated in quite some time, that kind of made the decision for them. Those was really good players at the top of the draft. And, and you go through this process and you have all kinds of conversations about uh, what, what, where you see them fall and what, where you see the rank. And, and you get to the point where you get to draft night and uh, you've done all the homework and had the conversations uh, and stacked the board the way you see it. And, we, and you just kind of stay true to those things. And um, I think the, the guys that are going to get taken on the offensive line here in this first round are going to be really good players. Uh, it was just really ultimately Jamar Chase was, we felt like, uh, the best player for us in the draft. And Brian Callahan said this a few times, that he was the best player on their board. And it's after having months of debate about it, it's, it's good to see that the, the Bengals were aligned in this. It didn't feel like... And again, we only talked to Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan, but we heard from Duke Tobin last week. It doesn't feel like they're out of sync like they have been in the past. I'll use a prime wide receiver example. The last time they took a wide receiver in the top 10, guess what? The front office and Marvin Lewis weren't aligned on Ross. And I know it's completely different circumstances and completely different prospects. And Jamar Chase is much better and much cleaner and all those things. I get that. But the point is, is they do seem aligned in. Yeah, Chase was the the top guy on our board. Penesul, really, really good player. We would have taken if Chase wasn't there, but guess what? He was there, so we're running to the podium. And I, I think it was really that simple for them. 
And the question at that point was, how is the rest of the first round going to fall? How is pick 38 going to look when we get to 1230 a.m. on Friday morning and we're recording this podcast and we're trying to look ahead to the second, third rounds? I think it went pretty well for the Bengals. I think it played into what they thought would happen. I actually think that there were a few surprises, but for the most part, the players that we expected to see drafted in the first round were drafted. The players we expected to fall into the second round, for the most part, did. Obviously, there were some surprises, and we will reset for day two, I promise you. But first, I want to talk about what Jamar Chase had to say in his press conference because he had <laughs> a pretty, pretty all-timer kind of quote. We'll get into that coming up next. This episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. They're rings that are sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. They're ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece, and they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. This collection features high-quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and it's fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around long. So find them now by searching the words 10 by 10, only at BlueNile.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One thing's certain, Jake, Jamar Chase is not lacking confidence. He wasn't afraid, wasn't worried about talking uh, about his positives, about his strengths, about the things that he does well and I referred to Dave Lapham one time and, and Lapham asked a question. He was like, yeah, just check the tape. You can see, and I forget exactly what he was referring to, what skill. But clearly, Jamar Chase confident. And I don't think nothing um, says that more than this quote. First, it's Dan Horde asking him a question about past Bengals greats at the wide receiver position. And Jamar Chase's response is is going to go down in history as one of the best post NFL draft news conferences ever. Here's Dan Horde. Bengals have had some great wide receivers over the years, Jamar, most recently AJ Green and, and before that, Chad Johnson. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on those two guys and following in that uh, legacy? Uh, I'm going to break every record they got at the Bengals. That's my goal right there. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to break every record they have. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but it's going to get done. The swagger is real, James. I mean, come on. The Bengals do not have a shabby history of wide receiver, and I know Jamar Chase knows that. I know Jamar Chase knows who Chad Johnson is. I know Jamar Chase knows who A.J. Green is. Maybe he doesn't go back further than that to some of the 
guys that some Bengals fans think should be in the Hall of Fame. Maybe I think should be in the Hall of Fame from earlier in the Bengals history, but he certainly knows who those two guys are. And he did not hesitate. He did not have a stutter in his voice when he said, I'm smashing those records, man. That is some drip, man. I love that swagger. Yeah, it was crazy. Like that, that's your first response is, oh, I'm going to break the record. <laughs> it, I mean, most most guys will be like, yeah, it's a great history. I can't wait to join it or be a part of it. And this dude says, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm breaking their records. And and to think about that, you know, I I looked up Chad's stats and obviously he's ahead of AJ in all the major categories, yards, receptions, touchdowns. You're talking about if Jamar Chase ends up with 751 receptions, 10,783 yards, 66 touchdowns. This was a great fifth overall pick. And so we'll uh, we'll see if he can get there. And the crazy part is it's not just career goals. I mean, he, he was talking about 1,500 yards is his goal. And he mentioned that one in a, a progressive interview that he did with Nate Burleson. And then again tonight when asked about it, his goal for his rookie season is at least 50 receptions, 1,500 yards. But then he put at least 1,000. But he said 1,500 yards is his goal and 10 touchdowns. If we're talking about... 50 to 55 catches for Jamar Chase, 1,000-plus yards and 10 touchdowns. That uh, that guy might win Rookie of the Year, which he also mentioned. That's his goal is to win Rookie of the Year. Tough competition there this year, of course, with, with the, the many quarterbacks that are going to be offensive rookies in this class. But of the non-quarterbacks, I mean, there's Kyle Pitts in Atlanta with a great cast around him and Matt Ryan at quarterback. Kyle Pitts, you know, if, if he hits the ground running as a tight end, I think also competition, just a generally very heavy offensive rookie class. But if Jamar Chase puts up the video game numbers that he put up with Joe Burrow at LSU and catches 24 of his 36 deep shots for, you know, double digit touchdowns, has some contributions on non deep shots as well, which you would expect him to absolutely in the conversation at the very least. I just love the confidence. I also love that we got out of Jamar Chase that Joe was texting him. Joe Burrow was texting him today, telling him, get your bags packed. You know, I wonder if that, see, he said it was a last minute decision to, to do the shoes that he did, the orange mm-hmm. and the black and the white shoes. And Yaz pointed this out. Commissioner Yaz on Twitter pointed this out. She's like, that's why he wore the shoes. Joe told him to get his bags packed. That was mm-hmm. the tip. That's what made the decision for him. I love that about it, too. I mean, this is a guy that's fired up to come and play with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati to break records in Cincinnati. And when they bring somebody else pointed out, I wish I could remember who it was. You got four players from last year's national championship game on this roster now in T Higgins, Burrow, Chase and, and Moss. And all of those guys were productive in that game, Jake, right? I mean, you're talking about. Burrow and, and Chase dominated after the, the Tigers got into a hole there. Moss obviously made big plays. And T. Higgins was one of the only ones stepping up for Clemson. And now you have all four of those guys on the same offense. And we don't know about Moss. But the Bengals have a great position group now. Like, th- that's that's what the wide receiver core should be, at least at the top. You, you could still add a little bit of, of depth, and maybe they'll do that on day three of the draft. Certainly not on day two. Uh, late on day three, undrafted free agents, guys like that. But at the top of this 
this roster, you look at the the positions of strength. Wide receiver has to be there when you have T. Higgins, who is 22 years old, Tyler Boyd, who's 25, 26, and now Jamar Chase at 21. That's a hell of a trio. You have a position group of strength at wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals at this point. That that could be one of the best trios in the league. It's certainly in the conversation if Jamar Chase hits the ground running. I think that's a question. I mean, it's it's fair to say, you know, he's a rookie. He's going to have to come in and show that he's going to play in the NFL, but I, I don't see any reason to doubt that. I mean, listen to this from Brian Callahan. We don't have the audio, but I'm going to read this quote. To me, he's the best receiver that's come out in the last three years. He's worthy of that spot where guys like AJ and Julio were drafted. It's hard to pass that up. And he goes on to mention with the Joe Burrow connection, he he talked to Burrow in February about Chase and says Joe has a great feel for players. And if Joe is is telling you, he's selling you on Jamar Chase and you're Brian Callahan and you see what you see on tape with this guy. I mean, that's just easy. It's just easy. And I think that's ultimately what it came down to for the Bengals. Let's spend a minute here, James, and talk about what they missed because there's a whole team Sewell out there. There's probably about 40% of the fan base right now. Maybe, maybe they're amongst those listening to this podcast that are upset or, or maybe disappointed. Some of them are mad. There, there's a section of fans that are mad that the Bengals didn't draft Penny Sewell, that are mad that they didn't go offensive linemen. There's a section of fans that are like disappointed, but understand, right? Like they think it was a not necessarily best choice, but they understand who Jamar Chase is. Penny Sewell is a great player. But as we look ahead to day two, which we're about to reset the board for in the next part of the show, I think the Bengals, there's their strategy looks like it's going to pay off here in terms of the caliber of player on offensive line that they're going to be able to play with in the second round. They're pulling it off. That's exactly right, Jake. They're going to pull this off. You look at the numbers. We're going to dive into the guys in, in a second. They're going to get someone that when you look at the combination, fifth pick, 38th pick, not in a vacuum, but together, it's going to make sense. The, the chase is it's going to make sense. So for all of the, the Penny Soul people, I get it. I understand protecting Burrow. I understand where that comes from. It comes from a really good place, and it's no knock on Soul. But I think you're going to like what's around the corner, and we're going to dive into day two and the offensive lineman still available and who the Bengals could potentially pick at 38 and 69 coming up next. As draft weekend powers on, you can bet that I'm going to use built bars to power me through as we go overtime on the Locked On Bengals podcast to get you coverage from every day of the draft. And I recommend them to our listeners as well. My personal favorite, the coconut brownie chunk. I've got three boxes coming just in time for day two of the draft on Friday, but they've got 18 great flavors. They've got the fruit flavors like orange, raspberry they've even got carrot cake which isn't exactly a fruit flavor but you get the idea they've also got the caramel brownie cookies and cream lemon almond cheesecake they've got a flavor for everybody and they're great for the health conscious individual if you're looking for a low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber fits the keto diet protein bar built bar is for you with for example The coconut almond flavor, 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar. 
Right now, you can get Built Bars on a 15% discount using promo code LOCK15 when you check out. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 at your checkout to save 15% at BuiltBar.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There are five teams on Friday, James, picking ahead of the Cincinnati Bengals when they'll be on the clock again at 38. Here are some guys that maybe the Bengals would consider at pick 38. Let's start with offensive linemen, guys that played tackle at college. Tevin Jenkins did not get picked in the first round. Sam Cosby did not get picked in the first round. Dylan Raddins, Liam Eichenberg, Jalen Mayfield, all guys that did not get picked in the first round. And those guys, for, for a lot of analysts, have high second-round grades. Tevin Jenkins was better than some of the tackles on our board that got picked today. If Jenkins is there for the Bengals at 38, you might remember Dan Horde did that consensus Bengals mock experiment on Twitter Tevin Jenkins was Bengals fans' consensus second-round pick in the PFF simulator. So if he's there, I mean, that seems like a slam dunk. Maybe there are injury concerns. Maybe there are tackle concerns. Maybe teams think he's a guard. Speaking of guards, interior guys, Landon Dickerson, if they're comfortable with the medicals. Wyatt Davis, perhaps if they trade back. Quinn Miners, perhaps if they trade back. A lot of offensive linemen here that could make the Cincinnati Bengals better on the offensive line in 2021. There are some defensive guys that I think might tempt them as well, James. Guys like Christian Barmore, Boogie Basham, Aziz Ojulari, if he's available, Joseph Osai, if he's there. But when, we, when I was talking to Malik, when we were streaming, Malik said he thinks the Bengals are locked in on an offensive lineman. Malik has been right all year. Malik Wright has been right. There's no doubt. And honestly... I could see maybe Aziz Ojolari being the top player on the board. I, I couldn't see it with Barmore, given all these offensive linemen. I mean, you're literally, you know, four picks away. And so even if, a, you know, a, a Raddins goes off the board or may, maybe Jenkins isn't there, and I think that's probably the top guy on the wish list, obviously, uh, it's just it's going to be tough to pass on these linemen because it's probably going to be close. You're going to have similar grades. And – there is a point where you do have to get the line. Like I am about value. I understand that at the same time, at some point you have to start addressing it. And I wouldn't be unhappy at all. If when we're recording late Friday night after rounds two and three for, for our listeners on Saturday morning, if the Bengals have picked two offensive linemen at picks 38 and 69 and the way it's shaking out, you know, and there's going to be a run at some point in round two, but that that is possible. There's a chance. I mean, th- there's just so many options. They played this right. They did it right. And now they got to get it right with the offensive line. And that starts with pick 38. So I, does it have to be an offensive lineman? If you have like a top 15 grade on Aziz uh, Ojulari and the medicals 
are fine. You're not worried about the medicals. Clearly, NFL teams are. That's why he's still there. I think a big reason. Then, yeah, I mean, you you kind of have to consider it because he would absolutely fill uh, a need and bolster that pass rush. At the same time, if Ojolari's 28th and you have medical concerns and Jenkins is 29th and doesn't have medical concerns, so guess what? Just take Jenkins. Yeah, and and I wouldn't be terribly surprised if Jenkins is higher on their board. I mean, he does hit their thresholds, sure. and I, I think that they have a lot of good options in the second round. There were some guys that we didn't expect necessarily to see picked in the first round then that ended up sneaking in there. Peyton Turner, Joe Tryon were some guys that had some first-round hype. I wasn't sure they'd make it. They did. We saw two running backs in Travis Etienne and Najee Harris go in the first round. That pushes players down for the Bengals. Nobody thought, well, most people didn't think anyway, that Tevin Jenkins would be an option in the second round. Another guy that I think is really worth mentioning is Liam Eichenberg could be the guy that mm-hmm. comes in and, and can play guard for you. I don't think yep. the Bengals see him as a tackle, but he has experience out there. And, and so the Notre Dame product, the, the grit, I, th- I think, you know, he played a game with one eye and he had some issues in that game, but generally was pretty good. The, the length to me, he doesn't hit their threshold for length at tackle, but is a guy that could, in a pinch, play some tackle for you and could probably start pretty quick at guard. I, I do think Jenkins has a temperament to step in at guard right away too. He has that kind of skill set, that kind of edge to his game. We've talked about the nastiness a lot. I wonder if he'll be there. I wonder if they're at all tempted to give up a fifth rounder or maybe a future fourth rounder to move up. I kind of doubt it. I always doubt that the Bengals are interested in trading up. And with the number of players here, I think it might be even more likely that they move back. That's something that we've thought is a strong possibility for a while, but regardless, they have a lot of good directions. They can go here. No doubt. And I actually, as you were talking about that Eichenberg scenario, you plug in Eichenberg at right guard. And there are a couple tackles that I think rounds three or four developmental guys. Walker Little, where does he go? Will he be there at 69? Hell, will he fall to 111? Like, it wouldn't shock me because you just don't know. Stone Forsyth, you could get one of these tackles that measure as tackles that hit your thresholds and say, all right, Frank Pollock, do do what you do and and let him go to work and and, and let him groom them. And and so that's, that's it. Heck, Spencer Brown was a guy that Dave Lapham mentioned with us. So so another one I'll throw out there when you're talking about tackles. Or they could go the other route, Jake, and maybe they take a Dylan Raddins and they take the tackle and then they wait until round three, round four, and they go with the interior guy, right? Uh, you know, Banks, Aaron Banks from Notre Dame, obviously still going to be there. Maybe he lasts past day two of the draft. Ben Cleveland, a guy we've talked about a lot. There's a uh, there's a lot of guys, a lot of options, and we thought this was going to happen. And by the way, just a quick note from a, a wide receiver standpoint, Terrace Marshall's still there. Elijah Moore's still there. Obviously, the Bengals aren't, aren't drafting a receiver. At the same time, Marshall has medical questions. Elijah Moore, I'm shocked that the Packers didn't take him, and no wonder Aaron Rodgers is, is pissed off and mad at them. But my point being, it kind of played out exactly how we thought wide receiver-wise too. There aren't a bunch of – names you know Rashad Bateman isn't just sitting there right now where you're like oh that's a perfect outside threat that would work and so 
the uh, the Bengals, they find themselves in a good position. And by the way, one of these four picks, I would be surprised uh, ahead of the Bengals if, if no one tries to to move up for, for Elijah Moore, because that that's that's a guy I thought, again, the, the back end of that that round one, he was going to be off the board and he just kept falling and falling and falling. One player we forgot to mention as a potential Bengals target, James, I just want to hit really quick. And I agree. Somebody could go get Elijah Moore. I also thought the Packers made a lot of sense. There are some teams that I oh. thought he could be fun. You know, if, if Tampa didn't keep Antonio Brown, Tampa mm-hmm. sitting there and picking Elijah Moore could have been fun. Joe Tryon, though, also makes a ton of sense for them for a team that's looking for depth and pieces to to keep them going with the team they're bringing back. Sure. Uh, but we, we haven't mentioned Jackson Carmen. That's another guy that, you know, talking about third round no guy, probably uh, Jackson Carmen is somebody we should mention, but looking at the five picks before the Bengals, you know, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa from Notre Dame is a guy that you can see come off the board. There's some first round hype for him. You talked about Elijah Moore, Trevon Morig by, I think consensus, the top safety in the draft. I've talked about Christian Barmore, Asante Samuel, Aziz Ojulari, all guys that I think will be in the conversation. I think at this point, Rondell Moore gets into the conversation as well, in addition to the offensive linemen we've talked about. I mentioned Carlos Basham. There will also probably be some talk from for Ronnie Perkins. So a lot of guys in that conversation, a lot of guys that I think are pretty attractive picks for the Bengals in two and three. All right, Jake, let's do it here. A day two mock draft. We ran through a bunch of names. If we had to predict it, and it's sure to be wrong, but uh, either way, so don't hold us to this, Bengals fans. But uh, who do you got at 38? I kind of want to go pie in the sky here and say they figure out a way to, to get Tevin Jenkins. Wow. That would be such a home run. Like... Uh, I- I just want to go pie in the sky. Maybe maybe more realistic is like Raddins or, you know, honestly, it, it really wouldn't surprise me to see them go at Rusher. I don't want to see it, but it wouldn't surprise me. Wow. Okay. So are you going Jenkins though? I mean, I, a boy <laughs> can so dream. You're so torn. A boy can dream. But, but I think like Raddins caused me... you know, the, that kind of guy. Eichenberg are probably more realistic. But but yeah. sure, I'll dream on Jenkins. How about you? I'm going to go, you know what? I think your Eichenberg scenario yeah, I know. is quite interesting. Um, Raddins is a guy that's been mocked to the Bengals a lot. Eichenberg some, but especially locally, I don't think as much. So I'm going to just go Eichenberg to be different because we're having fun and it's 1 a.m. As, as we're recording this. So I'll go Eichenberg. And then who do you have at 69? I mean, what, what edge rusher? is left or or you know what let's just say milton williams this is an easy one i'm just gonna stay on it i i I absolutely (laughs) believe the connection and the hype is real there so let's say he's there at 69 and just make it a nice 69 pick ah nice i'm gonna uh i'm gonna say he's gone they get their heart broken i like pick 65 sure or 67 or something and then they double down on offensive line which is kind of what i want them to do anyway with this board I kind of want that. So who do I think is going to be there? I'm going to do a little wishful thinking here. I'm going to say Quinn Miners. Great. It's a lot of wishful thinking. That's a lot of wishful thinking. I know. I mean, sign me and, up. And if, not, and if not, Ben Cleveland. One of those guys will be there, right? Sure. I don't know. 
No, I have no idea. Wyatt Davis. Sure. You and, know, and if not, then Walker Little. See, 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 there's a lot of linemen out there. You could sell me on a lot of these guys. Brady Christensen in, in the third yeah. with his athleticism, his production. That's a pro Jackson Carmen, like you said, Jackson Carmen. Sure. <laughs> Stone Forsyth. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's looking good. They could screw this up. They can find a way to pick Drew Sample in the second round here, but it, it looks promising. That That's how I'm feeling right now. I think that I feel a little vindicated. Not that I was strong for Team Chase the way you were, but the logic was always that they can get a lineman on day two. And it really does look like they can get some good players in the trenches on day two. And I know you team chase guys are feeling vindicated a whole lot more than I am. Yeah, absolutely. Because we knew that this was real. Could you imagine if it was flipped right now? And you're like, yeah, they're not getting a weapon at 38. Like, could you imagine picking, look at everybody on the, on this board that we just mentioned. You didn't mention Diami Brown once. I'm just, well, but why would I at this point? I'm not talking about wide receivers. No, I know. But, but, you think he's the best available at 38? Like, there's no shot he's going to be. There's just well, no shot. And, and so you'd have to reach or you'd have to trade down. Well, and I so think, that's the tough part. I think we're talking about Terrace Marshall if if they pick Sewell. And I think that, you know, yeah, there, there's some injury questions there in high school. But I think we're looking real hard at Terrace Marshall if they, if they go Sewell at, at number five. And the injuries are what's scary. Much like Aziz, right? It's yeah. like... Seems like a first rounder looks like a first rounder. Everything's first rounder. Why is he not in the first round? And it's obviously medicals with Marshall. And so that's the the scary part. I I mean, I agree with you. Heck, I, there are going to be some that say, make it an LSU reunion all the way, baby, and take Marshall oh at 38. I'm, I, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that at one in the morning. Thank you. You can say that, Jake. You can no. say that. No, thanks. Here's what I'll say, James. We will be back all weekend. <laughs> We've got you covered after day two. We've got you covered with instant reactions for round two, round three, just like we did today. And then we'll reset as there's a draft day on Saturday too. This thing goes on for three days. We're there with you every step of the way. We're there with you on Sunday too. We'll get you with a full draft recap come Sunday. We'll take a look at the roster after the draft. Maybe we'll have some news on undrafted free agents by then. And just a little bit of advance warning, we might be taking Monday off. This is something that this podcast has done in recent years after the draft. Often, not a whole lot going on on Monday after the draft. We will have been going for nine straight days and a lot of time spent. So just something that I wanted to get out there in front of you. But until then, we do have you covered for the next three days, 100% till the end. So until tomorrow, Bengals fans, who day? And have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.